Cowboy, the gangster of love. Need to rewrite some bars on this track. I actually have a, I got a verse written for this. I need a hook. Somebody give me a hook. Somebody out there. Shoot me an email. Granddadsbasement at gmail.com. Send me an email. Go to the website. Contact us. It'll go to that same email address. Man, I got a whole lot to get to, but I want to try to do it relatively quickly because I got a conversation that I want y'all to hear but I say some things in that conversation that are a a little bit out of context because we've had some technical difficulties in the basement in the past and some things have fell through and I say something about episode two which didn't really happen in episode two there's some there's some lost tapes and some archive stuff but I I just want to jump right into it I'm going to bring you this conversation I was having and it, it focuses a lot on you know, dad's dad centric. So I want to get into a little bit. I've told you a little bit about my mom, but let me tell you a little bit about my dad. You know, I told you my mom, we had some, uh, some, some eventful times growing up. I had some interesting stepdads, but my dad did have some involvement in that. I'm going to go back. I'm going to break down kind of my stepdads individually and more about, you know, my mom's side of the story and how I grew up and relationships I built along the way with that. But let me just kind of really try to highlight real quickly, but, but thoroughly kind of the situation with my pop to date. So the way it went down when I was a kid like my parents were together since they were like 13 and 14 years old. My parents are a year apart. So my dad's 14, my mom's 13, and I'm born by the time they're 16, 17. And then after I'm like two years old, they're not together anymore. You know, my dad says he was he was forced forced away, forced out of out of the relationship. But whatever the the reason may be, they were no longer no longer a couple. So I see him every now and then, like maybe once a month. And it was definitely not every weekend. I spent plenty of weekends growing up with my grandparents, like for sure. No doubt about that. But I did spend weekends here and there over at his house. And a lot of those times he would leave for just for hours on end. Like I remember being over there with his girlfriend and her two daughters and him just like not being there. And then by the time I'm like six or seven we're living at Stonegate Apartments in Blaine, Minnesota. I was on the phone with him, and I got real excited because the way that conversation ended was, oh, you're going to come get me, Daddy. All right, cool. Like, we we talked about it. He, he, we agreed he was going to come get me. So I went out, hung out on the front stoop all day for hours. Like, it was daytime. Kids were running around in the summertime, like, asking me to come play. And I was like, fuck y'all latchkey kids. My daddy coming to get me. Y'all go hang out with your single mom must. My daddy coming to get me fuck y'all and then the sun set and i was sad about that and i was more or less like fuck you fuck the world this son of a bitch like all right i guess i don't really have a dad and then i didn't talk to the dude for like seven years all right so i'm almost 14 and my mom gets a call 
from my dad's mom. So my grandma calls my mom saying he wants to get together. He wants to see me. I'm like, all right, well, I mean, there's a there's a little bit more layers to that story, but along there, he was like, he 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 more or less said, this came out later. He said, "Fuck, fuck you and fuck him" on a voicemail. Uh, he like he just decided he was done. You know, he decided that he was uh, he was leaving leaving us behind for, and he had already him and my mom weren't together, but he was leaving me behind, I guess, at that point, as as a little boy at Stonegate Apartments. So. My grandma asked my mom if I wanted to spend Christmas over there. And I was like, fuck that. I will spend Christmas with you and my brother. All right. And then I'll go over there. We can do this drop on December 26th. So they dropped me off Hudson, Minnesota, in the, or Hudson, Wisconsin, right over the Minnesota-Wisconsin border. The other side is uh, Stillwater. And then we go back. We go back to his house. I meet my stepmom. I meet my two sisters. I mean, we didn't have much of a conversation on, on the ride, you know, just kind of chit chat out of nothing profound like that i remember or recall it was just more or less awkward having seen you in a long time yep you're my dad you're my son like we knew who each other were like we had spent enough of that time together like you know i have inherited mannerisms and and, and speech patterns and things of that nature but man it it was it was a, a, a little bit of a ride so nothing revolutionary happened i met i met some of my cousins or was reintroduced to some of my cousins at that time and then we go on to have like a pretty all right relationship and you know i'm gonna gloss over some points because it's too much detail i want to bring you this conversation with misa but we get to a point where i transition off active duty he's unhappy about that and there's some circumstances surrounding that some conversations that were had with other people like it it's it's i don't know not something i would ever do to any of my son's trying to manipulate situations like that and I apologize I'm glossing over stuff and I'm gonna go back to it all this specific story later but it gets to a point where online and you know I'm right before I turned 29 I put a comedian's post up that more or less said said if you're anti-gay marriage because the for the excuse that you don't want to explain it to your dumbass kids that's your problem you know and his response to that, and mind you, we're from a shit-talking family. You know, we watch sports, hang out, have a good time, itch our nuts, you know, shit with the door open, things that men do. You know what I'm saying? So his response to this was, I think my son is sick. So I'm like, all right, I can, I can, that, that, that's what you're coming at me with? So I was like, all right, Pops, I want to talk some shit. So I was like, the only reason you should be anti-gay marriage is if you're dumb or you secretly think dicks taste delicious. And that's another comedian's joke. And I said a few other things with it, and it was a little harsh, I'm not going to lie. You know, we can go back. I got to bring up the actual, the actual, uh, the scripture of it to, to go back and really see what I said. But it, it was some stuff that was like, I, I dug in. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, it was over the top. But like, he, he, he went up that even. He, he, he infinity up that. His response was, uh, I'm deleting you from Facebook and my life. You're, I no longer have a son. You're a piss poor excuse for a son. Uh, go be with your fags, and that's 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 pretty close to what he said. And this was all online, so I was like, all right, more or less. It was like some people were just like, including myself, like, what the fuck? So, some years go by, and right before my wedding, I sent the invites out, and I addressed it to my stepmom. But I called him. I called him the 
the Monday before my wedding, which was on a Saturday, I was like, hey, you know what? If if you want to come, you're you're invited. And he, I was like, that's all I got to say. He said, okay. I said, okay. We hung up. And then he showed up, man. He showed up at the wedding. And, you know, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful day. It was a beautiful ceremony. The reception was, was awesome. We had like 45 people there. It was just an amazing event. And I got to a point I was hanging out with my sisters and my stepmom. My dad was right there. My sister's boyfriends were there. You know, my nieces, my nephew. And we were just kicking it. And then they got to a point they were leaving. And I, you know, shook my dad's hand. I was like, yo, we'll talk soon. He's like, you got my number. And you know, it's the same shit he said to me. I was, yeah, you know, back on the, that, that first meeting, you know, he said, you know, it was up to me if I wanted to have a relationship with him. And I'm like, okay, yeah, of course I want to have a relationship with you. I'm, I'm, 14 year old young man i need want to have a relationship with my dad so but that's a strange you know it's not so again something that i would never say to my sons like no we're going to have a relationship whether you like me or not motherfucker i'm your dad uh you know i you know i love my sons I, so i don't i don't get the that way you know that's that's a different psychological conversation to figure out why somebody is like that but then that's so all that happens online he deletes me from Facebook and his life, and I invite him to the wedding, and then he shows up, and as he's leaving, just we start talking, and the conversation, it, it turns. It's not, it's not going well. It's not going positive at all, and I'm just like, look, well, I'm not doing this right now. This is, this is the best day of my life, and, you know, but in that conversation, I, I mentioned the, when he left me out on the front stoop, and, you know, I guess that sunk in because he writes me this 10-page letter. You know, within a few days, I get back from my honeymoon, and I got this letter waiting for me at the house, and it's it's got, like, three phases, like, the things that happened with him and my mom, you know, when they were kids, and then when I was a baby, and then the things that happened when I was uh, a teenager, when I came back around, and then the things that happened, you know, how I, he said I called him a faggot, you know, which was the joke, which is, if, the, if you think... If you're against gay marriage, you either you're either stupid or you secretly think dicks taste delicious. Like he took that real personal and he wrote wrote me this 10-page letter about how he was forced out by my grandparents as a kid, you know, uh, but then he also says, "Oh, my mom moved out to Eden Prairie, which was too far away." Like, what are you talking about? It's what like Bloomington, like we lived in Bloomington. As far as I know, he lived in Bloomington, but even if he lived in Minneapolis, like whatever, it's the, the metro area. Bloomington, the next city over is Eden Prairie. Like, so I don't know, like, what necessarily he's talking about. And then, uh, you know, nothing's his fault. You know, and then when we got back in contact, which he never, my, my grandma called my mom. My dad's mom called my mom. And then he left it up to me to, you know, to, to have the relationship open. And then he ended that letter with he wants an apology and also that he would piss on my, my grandfather's grave, which, I don't know, I thought that was a little over the top and kind of fucked up. But I wrote a letter back to him, real articulate, and kind of explained to him just, like, more or less everything I, I've been saying, just recap my life from my perspective. You know, very, very high road. If you read his 10-page letter, like which is a very difficult read, it's really spaced out. It's very choppy. Like, I don't understand it's like he just was slamming a keyboard but it it doesn't even come off as angry but it would it seems like he's just typed with no edits just spell check only and it's just i don't know his just grammatically it's it's super the f you, like you get an f 
but it's, so it's a hard read and I don't know, maybe I'll, I'll post a Google, Google drive link on the website and, uh, and y'all can check it out. But I write him this letter back, kind of super high roaded it like, nah, dude, you got, you, you said there's no lies in your letter, which that's how it opens up. I promise you there's not one lie in this letter and because he's all extra high and mighty. And he, and he said, how you've changed. You've changed in the last five years. I was like, dude, five years ago is when you got involved in your little cult church thing. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. But so I wrote him that. And then we don't talk. So I write, he wrote me a letter. I write him a letter. And I'll share, I guess I'll share him at some point. And he, uh, you know, we don't we don't talk, and it's 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 sad. It's fucked up. Like if to, for a father and a son to both be alive and, and not to be speaking to each other, you know. But then my son was born after that. So the year after that, so and I'm I'm hitting up my stepmom. I'm hitting up my sisters, and I'm I'm projecting. But the only thing I can figure why the this next portion of the story happens is because. I didn't call him directly and tell him when my son was born. That's the only thing I could think because after that, he sends me this package with this note in it. And it, it's wild. It's it's all my stuff off the wall. And I knew exactly what it was. So I, we, we, we get back from the hospital. A few days go by. I get this package at the door. And it's from, it's, it's addressed to Daniel whatever your name is. So And it's in my dad's handwriting. And my, my, Megan's like, Oh, what is it? I'm like, my dad sent a package. Are you going to open it? I said, I know, I know what it is. And I did. He's, he's Petty McPetersons. So a couple of weeks go by, maybe months. My mom comes over. She's like, hey, because I sent her a picture of the package. I sent it to her and one of my cousins. And she's like, what was in that box? I was like, I don't know. Let's find out. So I already knew it was in there, but, but I didn't know to what extent. I knew the types. It was some of my stuff from around his house. I just didn't know to what extent. But it was some pictures of me, some military stuff, which I'm really glad he actually sent to me. You know, he could have thrown that stuff away, but there's only one copy of my official certificate of enlistment. To get another one is probably not very easy. And uh, a few other things as well, uh, pictures around the house and just items, trinkets, some stuff. So I'm, I appreciate him sending me that. And then there's a note in with it, which is really, really whack. Uh, I'll read it at some point. But it was just so, so petty, so stupid. Just like, oh, my goodness. It's like, I have two children and names my sisters. I'm like, my goodness, whatever, dude. And I think he's legitimately upset that I didn't call him and fill him in because it was right after my son was born. And he sends me this package with my stuff all, all pissed off at me. So I just think... I don't know, people, people, they're not able to, and they never will do as good as they should. They, they can only do as good as they can. And I guess as good as my pop could do didn't really involve me. You know, he, like, this is a life, you know, my life he didn't want to be a part of. He's willing to, to leave that behind. That's, that is what it is, man. It's super, it's super sad. It's fucked up. So I, th- I think, I think that's it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get up out of here. Let's take a little break and uh, let's talk to Misa. What's up, everybody? What do you know about CBD? CBD is used in treating many common health issues, including anxiety, depression, acne, and heart disease. CBD is also an anti-inflammatory pain reliever and so much more. Your body has an endocannabinoid system, which needs to be saturated. And, and I'll tell you what, I, I suffer from undiagnosed anxiety, you know, depression, 
I have a family history of heart disease and I'm in a lot of physical pain due to fixing airplanes just for years of my life. You know, CBD has even brought my dog back what seemed like seemingly death's door. You know, she wouldn't go up and down the stairs anymore. I had to carry her up the stairs every night. I had to do that because if I left her downstairs out of spite, she would she would go to the bathroom in the kitchen. So my wife or myself would wake up first thing in the morning to that. You know, she stopped eating. She was losing weight. It was just real lethargic. You know, after a day of CBD, you know, she started to eat. You know, after three days, she was able to do the stairs by herself. After a week, she was spry. And, you know, I feel like we added years to her life or at least brought her back for, so her remaining years won't be, won't be so, so miserable. You know, I use CBD daily, too, and I recommend everybody use CBD daily. But, but what company do you trust? You know, and that's easy. For me, it's, it's Populum. You know, Populum's goal is to make the astonishing benefits of pure, high-quality hemp accessible, affordable, and truthful to everyone. Populum literally means for the people. Populum partners with domestic Colorado farms and provides third-party tested results in every box. Third-party tested. You cannot trust everything out there. It's the wild, wild west. You know, people are doing things that they want, and that's just very important to have that stamp on there. And I have a long-standing relationship with Populum, you know, before Populum was even what they are today. You know, I used the cold therapy back rub just now a little bit ago. I'm telling you, it, it really helps with all my back pain, my, um, all my joint pains, my knees, my elbows, my neck, you know, just really makes me feel a whole lot better. Go to Populum.com, tell them your friend Odin referred you, and receive $10 off your next order. All right, before we jump off into this episode with Misa Avalos, he's an awesome dude. Uh, we did have some microphone issues, so but if you've hung out this long, you know, I hope you want to hear what he has to say. It sounds kind of like his microphone. Uh, he, it sounds like he's on like more of a speaker amplified. We just had some mic issues, you know, that, that's all it was. So, uh, but uh, this is just an introduction to him. We did this early in the morning uh, about a month ago. Uh, so I'm looking forward to, to bringing you the beginnings of his story uh, right on. Enjoy. Pause. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Lopez Newton Realtors. Whether you're buying or selling, I promise we can help. Go to www.lopeznewton.com to find out how you can net 3% more money in 30% less time. Lopez Newton Realtors is a long realty company. Back to the basement. Misa! What's going on, brother? Welcome to the basement, my friend. I'm glad you could come through, man. I'm trying to, trying to pin you down for, for a little bit, so I'm glad you could uh, make the time. I could make the time and... Uh, the space-time continuum aligned, and we can get down on some get-down. Heck yeah. You know, we've, we've, we've hung out a few times, you know, kind of on business stuff, and then it always turns kind of personal. I'm like, hold on. This, this dude, this dude's got a cool little story, man. You're, you're a veteran. You're an entrepreneur, business owner. Man, just out there, you know, in, in the city you're from, you know, grinding, getting it, trying to put on, and put on for your mom, and I, and I, and I love that. Uh, most definitely, so I wanted to get a chance to uh, to rap with you a little bit. So Tucson native, yes sir. Tell me how you grew up, man. Man, I haven't really thought of the whole story, but um, just just a kid, man. Just uh, grew up at church. Um, you know, my father was uh, was a pastor, so we lived at the church, and uh, and yeah, man, we were just. You know, we would have, uh, um, you know, kids' church in, in our house type of deal. You know, we were that deep into the church. And, uh, and uh, yeah, man, growing up, loved playing baseball. Uh, that, was my, that was my thing right there. 
How old were you when you started playing baseball? Dude, I started T-ball. So I, th I think it's like five years old. Okay. And what level did you get to? I, I finished the entire, like, major league. So Wait, what? So seniors. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I got to seniors. So it's, uh, you know, T-ball, minors, majors, and then seniors. So I finished the entire, like, season with, you know, kids that I started with in T-ball type of deal. So that was cool. Uh, I played a little bit of baseball at, at, in, in uh, high school. Mm -hmm. um, but, but yeah, man, just, just played some baseball. Grew up at a church. Um, you know, single mom. Uh, you know, my mom and, and my father separated at uh, when I was 13. So, yeah, dude, just kind of going through that and, and uh, the Marine Corps. So I, you know, I went to the Marines at 19, so... Okay, right on. Hold on. So, this is cool. We got, you know, a real similar trajectory here. We, we've never gone, like, deep on the personal tip, so it's like I'm, I'm starting to see why I got a little bit of a vibe with you. So, I grew up, you know, kind of single mom, more more or less anyways, and we'll get there. And uh, baseball from T-ball, played kind of house league stuff through high school, then United States Air Force uh, at 19. I had to throw the flag up for you. I had the flag. The flag wasn't hanging till till this morning. I was like, let me throw the flag up for him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I like it, dude. It's a good vibe, you know. It's, I, I, I'm i starting to feel what you're about, you know, right here. Yeah, for sure. It's all about it's all about sharing sharing your story. Yeah. Just sharing your story. So let me go back. Before, before we hop off into our great Uncle Sam, tell me a little bit about the the divorce let me go back uh, so you, you were growing up you're in the church so whether you wanted to be or not that's that's where it was going to happen because because that's where pops was at so then you're 13 so that's that's a pivotal age so i want so under two the age of two and over the age of 16 they say divorce the effect on children from that family is yeah. there's less of an effect so 13 you're right at that pivotal age you know you're starting to smell funny hairs are starting to pop up so okay I thought you said 13. Well, 13 when they got divorced. It took them a while. So took them five years to get to, to go through the process. So what's the lead up? So Pops moved out at eight? Or y'all move out at eight? Well, dude, the crazy thing about it is that, um, you know, growing up at a church, um, you know, the trust was great between my mom and, and my father. And uh, my dad is from Agua Prieta, Mexico. So that's where he's from. And... You know, he, he would go over there, visit his family. You know, of course, alone you can do that. You know, they, they had a really trust relationship. And uh, and he would actually go out there as well and give uh, food. So he'll take food out there. Well, when, when I was eight, he took a trip out there. And he um, he started taking, you know, more trips that year. And, um, and he just didn't come back for like two weeks. You know, there was just a time he didn't come back for two weeks. I had, you know, I have a sister as well, so she's uh, three years uh, younger than me. Okay, I thought you were an only child for some reason. Nah, so she was five, you know, so a five-year-old and an eight-year-old. That's pivotal. Yeah, dude, so my mom, my mom decided to, uh, hey, let's uh, let's go find him. So we went out there and we looked for him for a few days, couldn't find him, family didn't really know where he was at. And uh, the crazy thing about it, about it, man, is that, um, you know, uh, it's crazy just because, you know, it's, it's just crazy to think about um, that, that that's like a, a lot of the memories that I remember from like being in middle school or being young. This is the one that sticks the, the strongest. Well, yeah, you, you left the country to go 
to another country to go on a search for your pop. Exactly, dude. And we didn't even... That's intense. How can you? Yeah, dude, my mom, I just remember her, like, being scared, you know? Like, what what happened to him, you know? And, uh... And now, nah, man, we we she was just like, you know what? We're just gonna just gonna go back home. Maybe he's home already. You know, maybe he's there, and, and we don't know. We're out here looking for him. Well, dude, we're driving back, and um, we're we haven't crossed the border yet. We're heading to the border, and there was uh, um, there was a we we hit a stop sign, and there was a restaurant, little, little taco spot right next to it, and. Uh, and I'm in the passenger seat, man, and, and I just look to the restaurant, and I see him there. Yeah, dude, I see him there, and he's, uh, you know, sitting in front of a woman, right? So, you know, my mom parks, you know, I tell her, hey, you know, hey, dad's over there. So we park, and she's kind of just, like, spotting it out. And I remember just kind of sitting there for, for, like, 30 minutes, dude, just just sitting there, just watching what was going on, and... Uh, and, uh, and yeah, man, they, you know, paid for the tab or whatever. And they come out of the, you know, there was, there was no doors or anything, you know, it's just outside. So you can clearly see what's going on while well, they just come out and they're holding hands, you know? So that was huge right there. And, um, <clears throat> you know, just seeing my mom in pain and kind of just going through that process, you know, it was hard. So we, you know, did the whole following thing, you know, just some, yeah, it was, it was crazy, dude. Like, I was legit stopping another woman from trying to get to my mom because they were like, she was trying to hit my mom, right? Yeah, like. So how do you get there though? Because uh, y'all leave, and then you go. You just fo- we, yeah, we just followed them, and then my mom. And they got to where their house, house hotel, whatever it was, wherever they were at, yeah. And they got into it in the parking lot. And got into the parking lot, yeah. Yeah. So, but she comes at your mom. No. She tries to come on my mom, dude, and and was your mom coming at her? No, dude, no, no. She just screaming at your pop. Yeah, dude, upset. You know? Yeah. Like, hey, why, why are you tripping? <laughs> no type of deal. Like, why are you tripping? Like, I'm, I'm back here with two kids. You know, type of deal. This is very, very minimal. Your business. Like, what, what are you doing here, lady? Exactly, dude. Like, like, what's going on? So, another memory that sticks really hard, and um is uh, kind of just getting in between them, you know, getting in between them. At that time? Yeah. Oh, right then. Yeah, right then and there. Like, I got in between them, and I was protecting my mom. You know, I was like, get away from my mom, you know? Like, even my dad, I was pushing him away, you know? Since then, dude, I've just, uh, just been pushing him away. So, um, you know, I went a little deep on there, but, you know, that's real. You're in the basement, baby. That's what we do here. We, You know, we go deep. We, we get deep, you know, like that. that, that that's wild. That's... You know, to hear that, like, I got to be able to have been through similar pains, not, you know, not the exact same instance. That's, that's wild, you know, to understand, like, man, some dudes aren't, I don't know what it is. Yeah. But they can't give to their family what their family needs. Yeah, dude. So since then... You said you you've been pushing him away ever since. Has he made has he made attempts then? He's made he's made attempts. And you put the walls up. Yeah, dude. Just continue. So I mean, have you hung out, met any Christmas, anything? You straight up, oh, you're. Dude. Yeah. That's interesting. Like, don't even call type of deal. Pause. This episode of the Granddad's Basement Podcast is brought to you by Time Made Cleaning Service. 
At Time Made, our goal is to create getting a cleaning even simpler for everyone that wants more time to do what they love. We enjoy being part of the eco-friendly movement for our clients that have allergies. Making life easier for our clients makes us happy, and by providing them with reliable solutions for all their needs and wants to be supported by first-class customer service is our duty. Time Made is a veteran-owned, locally operated establishment. Don't forget to tell them Odin sent you. And that is, that's, that's, a, that's a very pivotal moment. That's a root cause type moment. And I love going back because I think just knowing you the brief time that I've known you, that what that seems like is that is kind of what caused to form you, to form that family bond, to go off, do something. I presume we're going to get to something while you got in the military, something wasn't going right and you wanted to find a, a better way out of South Tucson, perhaps bad Marine Corps serve your country and then come back home to take care of of your mom and still have that bond with your sister. And you've said, you know, I've heard more than one time, you know, you want to retire your mom. So let me go back. Let me go back to that moment. This divorce takes five years. So it's, is it ugly? Is it dirty? Or is it because he keeps dipping to Mexico? They, uh, that whole deal goes on. We go back home and then just, you know, pretty much family was just, you know, and ended up making a decision to just separate. So they separate, they separated and then she moved. Uh, I mean, he moved up there, and and yeah, man. Since then, it was just, you know, pretty pretty much similar to like your story, you know. Kind of just learning my own thing, kind of just from there. Just really fell in love with, uh, you know, I had a uh, like a, I couldn't wait to be a marine, you know, since I was a kid, and then I just wanted to be in the marines, and and from there, just graduated high school, and I joined. Okay, okay, we are going to wrap this episode right here. We got plenty more to get to learn with Misa. Uh, to learn more, you can find him on Instagram, at Misa Talks. I believe that's his Twitter handle as well. Uh, he provides a cleaning service for people, a maid service called Time Made. You can find them at time-made.com. Uh, we got a whole lot more to talk about, a whole lot more to get into. Stay tuned. Everybody be cool. Damn, this some super funky dope shit The type of shit that's making niggas notice I'm that motherfucker that you won't smoke with Put your glasses up, you about to make some toasts